I'm sure you have seen some things. Mm-hmm. Can you give me like a great story that stands out oh, from boy. the park? Um, you know, the people watching is probably the best. And at this point, right? It's a, <laughs> you've seen all the elk, right? Friends seen, with all that. Seen the elk, so, yeah. And now it's, it's a, just the the new people every time, right? Well, some of the things people do are kind of silly. It's. I think my favorite was watching this lady pick a flower and try to feed it to a bull elk. And, <laughs> and she ended up with a face full of snot when he snorted at oh her. But, uh, <laughs> Do you intervene when you see people acting like they shouldn't? I used to, but yeah. now um, people are so belligerent and flippant that, um, you know, it starts a big scene. Right. So um, now my motto is, you know, we'd rather be a witness than a victim. Okay. And it's just better to videotape and. Hope you get some money off it. You know. I hear that. Welcome to Explore Big Sky with Rory Marmot, where we take you inside the stories that matter in Montana's Gallatin Valley. We are your hosts, Joe and Michelle Borden. Bison and fires and bears, oh my! On today's episode, we're talking to long-winded... I'm sorry, long-time Big Sky resident and Yellowstone tour guide, Jim Holstein. I'm long-winded. the long-winded one. I'm <laughs> the long-winded true. one. Jim is one of several seasoned guides with the cleverly named Yellowstone Tour Guides, business that is the gold standard in our country's first and best national park, Yellowstone National Park. I am biased, but I think it's the best. Well, yeah, we live right up the road, so it's kind of like it's our backyard, so we're going to like it better than other people's backyards. It, but it's also the greatest. But uh, yeah, they've got geological features, they've got fumaroles, which taste really good with spaghetti, and then they've got uh, paint pots. Geysers. They've got geysers. The tallest they've geyser in the world, the girlsers. steamboat geyser. They've got... Oh, right. <laughs> No, it's just really cool. And tons it's, of wildlife. They've I mean, you're got, standing there. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, there. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, as many times as I've been, I'm still in awe when I go. Yeah. Um, so, lucky oh, us. Here's a fun fact. The largest intact ecosystem in the contiguous United States. Oh, and you didn't even screw up contiguous. Um, 60 species of mammals, 300 species of birds, 16 species of fish, and six Six species of reptiles and amphibians. It's okay to be overwhelmed by this information. It's fine. Uh, Lots luckily, of amphibians. Jim will be able to break it down into terms we can all understand. Uh, he's got some great stories, and he's just a, a fun, knowledgeable person who uh, had the pleasure of speaking with. Michelle did not join me for the interview. She, I was working. I'm yeah, sorry. She had to do other things, uh, but um, I had a great conversation with him. But yeah. Uh, that you can watch on YouTube. Uh, watch it on YouTube. Like to, Joe looks like beautiful. I'm sorry I wasn't there. It's probably not going to be as, as funny. Yeah. I'm not no, it definitely took a step back without your presence. All right. So. Well, now we know. <laughs> uh, so you guys, Low Mountain Land Company wants to hear from you. From new businesses to additional residential options, entertainment, and vacation lodging, Lone Mountain Land Company has been looking to the community to see what type of growth you envision for Town Center. Take an active role. Reach out to Lone Mountain Land Company and engage in Big Sky's future by emailing info at LoneMountainLand.com. Here's the thing. Big Sky was always going to grow so much. And I think this is a wonderful platform for people to talk to Lone Mountain Land Company in a nice way, y'all, to 
be to give constructive criticism yeah. and also to say, hey, listen, this is what I envision. This is what I think would be great for Big Sky, because guess what? Big Sky was never going to stay a dive bar ski town as much as some of us dirtbags wanted it to. It was always going to grow because it's right. amazing mountain. This is a good way for you to have a voice. Yeah, it's as a great Sky, way for you to have a voice. As Big, Big Sky, Sky changes because it will continue to change yeah. and grow and make progress. Yeah, um, it's a great town, and uh, Lone Mountain Land Company is doing a good thing by saying, hey, guys, let us know and what you want out of Big Sky's future. And if you don't speak up, then it gives you, I guess, uh, less room to complain down the road. Yeah, that's why I help out so with PTA, you I know? That's a, <laughs> that's a fair way to look at it. All right. Yeah, uh, info at LoneMountainLand.com. That that's it for our little soapbox there. Thank you, Lone Mountain Land Company, for sponsoring this episode. And uh, let's get to it. Here is the interview. Without further ado, with Jim Holstein Sorry, of Yellowstone Tour Guides. Fumaroles. Welcome uh, to my fireplace right. area, yeah. Jim. Thank I'm you. sorry Michelle couldn't be here uh, mm. to help interview but she uh-huh. is she's busy today being a, uh-huh. a guest teacher uh, uh, at good. bozeman high school uh i would like to start with this this is i'm with uh jim holstein right now he is a longtime uh yellowstone tour guide and right off the bat is it true that you've skied every resort in montana everyone in montana and wyoming and i'm missing four in idaho now oh my god okay <laughs> well you gotta tell me what right. what's what's the best what's your favorite uh you know they're all good I, yeah i absolutely have a great time at every ski hill i go to so you know they're all different experiences um there's not one that you would say you can't miss that one right well no i, I wouldn't say that yeah so uh, they're all you know any day of skiing is a good day Okay. So, um, how long did it take you to do this? Um, it's a few years. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what you're getting a lot of, uh, miles on the car. I'm right. Guessing. Yeah. <laughs> well, good for you. That's great. Uh, you're originally from Livingston. Yeah. How mm-hmm. did you end up in big sky? Well, Livingston's not too far. And, um, as a kid growing up, um, a couple of the ski patrollers at big sky, Charlie and Winnie Pearson, um, used to bring us up with their kids, Chad and, um, Matt, I think more to entertain their kids while they were skiing, <laughs> while they were working at ski you're, patrol. And you're a babysitter. <laughs> well, I don't know. We were the same age. So I think it's just more to entertain each other. And, okay. Um, you know, keep them out of their hair type of deal or all of us out of their hair or something. I don't know. <laughs> but that but, you started yeah. skiing in Big Sky. and Well, I started in Bridger, actually. Okay. Bridger Bowl. And, um, you know, just came up with them on the weekends a lot. and but so, then at some point you decided Big Sky was a place that you wanted to end up. Right. Well, that kind of goes back to the high school days. Um, our English teacher in my senior year in high school um, kind of told us all, hey, you know, um, the way most kids do this out of high school is they um, get out of high school, they go to college right away, they get married right away, have kids right away so they can do stuff when they're retired. And I don't know if he was pissed off at his wife at the time or something, but he said, if you're smart, you won't rush into college. You'll kind of, you know, figure out what you want to do before you really rush into college. Don't get married. Don't have kids and go do everything while you're young. Oh, my 20s. gosh. And uh, so I took that advice. Uh-huh. And when I hit 30, I discovered all my ski bum friends, how miserable they were when they got married and had kids in their 20s. 
I'm like, well, I'm going to do this till I'm 40 now <laughs> you know, so, or 30. <laughs> Good for you. 30, 40. Yeah. So you sowed a lot of wild oats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> during absolutely. that time, you got but, a, a huge debt of gratitude. You were that right? teacher. Right. You wonder, you wonder if he maybe missed out on some things and that's right? why he was giving you that <laughs> advice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, but you think about it, you're not really, you know, in your twenties, you're not really mature enough for kids. And oh my not. God. I mean, yeah. No, that's the truth. So <laughs> it's, uh, what, and tell it's good me, to do all those things when you're young too, you know. Tell me about being uh, in Big Sky for you know the the changes, the growth that happened. Right. What are your impressions of that? Of you know then versus now and everything that's happened. Between? Well, it was a mu- much different place back then. Um, yeah. You know, there's six lifts when I moved there, and five, four or five when I started skiing there. <laughs> And um, the powder was limitless back then. I kind of miss that part. It's getting tracked out way too quick nowadays, okay. even though it's 10 times bigger. Um, and, and that's just a factor of, do you think, the weather or that's more the people. amount of people? It's okay. more people. Yeah. yeah, it's probably both, too. But Yeah. Um, you know, in the bowl, before snowboard, it's, you know, going way back. You know, the bowl would just kind of work its way. Everybody would make a line right next to each other. And it'd take a day and a half to work work your way all the way to the exit chute. It's like you had a system, that right? We did. That's yeah, great. That snowboards kind of screwed that up. <laughs> not not nothing against snowboarders at all. No, but, uh, no agenda whatsoever. Right, here. but they do track it up a little quicker. Uh, I heard your nickname is G One Jim. Yeah, is mm-hmm. that because you're a big bingo buff? No, not at no. all. Um, <laughs> it's a nickname from our old mountain manager Scott Bowen. Um, you know, I used to work the gondolas okay. on the lift crew, so you just kind of put those together nice how long were you lifty uh from 87 until 91 okay that's a good run right and then when did you start spending more time in in yellowstone national park well i actually started in the park i was doing summers in the park and winters in big sky initially so my first summer in the park was 87 and um i did 88 as well um working for the forest service and gardener which Started as campground maintenance, but ended up on fires, obviously, because mm-hmm. everything caught on fire that year. <laughs> and um, then from there, I kind of went summers and winters in Big Sky for a little bit. Okay. And then back to the park in 91. So. And and what keeps bringing you back to the park? What do you love about Yellowstone? Well, you know, it's um, I grew up there. It's it's a unique place. It's, um, you know, very different from every other national park. It's the first national park. It's got some of the most unique geology um, but and microbiology. I'm kind of a science nerd. I did did go for my uh, science degree to teach eighth grade science and never did quite <laughs> finish. <laughs> I'm sure you get to teach some science in your but job. We, we do, yeah, at the job and with yeah. uh, people who want to learn, right? which is kind of the big difference. <laughs> that What a great way to learn. Right, right. Uh, not exactly hands-on, but you're right. at least right up close to the But it's the it's such a unique park, you know, yeah. compared to every other park. It's uh, got so many different things going on. It's probably the most diverse in the world. You know, every section of the road has something different going on. And I, I am certainly partial to it. Right. But tell me about uh, what it was like. I mean, it sounds like it was 35-ish years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it like back then? How, you know, how how have you seen it evolve? Well, the roads were a lot worse back then. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, some of them, the north side of the park are still the same, but, uh, you know, they were um, narrow stagecoach roads that were flattened out and paved. Yeah. Kind of like the new north entrance road, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, but with a lot more years of abuse, but. Pretty um, rustic. Pretty rustic. Yeah. The, the traffic we thought was bad back then, but the new roads have really improved that. Thank goodness. Because. 
the visitation has, you know, trip doubled or tripled since then. Yeah. And uh, so just the infrastructure has improved greatly, I think is the, is the big one. If we were on the roads back in the eighties and nineties yeah, that we're on, if we had those today, we'd be um, in a lot of trouble right now. I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you got Wi-Fi at old, right. old faithful now. Right. That's a step yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> kind of when it works <laughs> but um usually after the you know guys or ghosts the cell phone signal is pretty much weak and non-existent because everybody's yeah. sending their selfies and, and <laughs> is, is it how much of a challenge is that when you're in the park communicating with with other guides with people with the outside world you just don't even try well you know when uh, we started there were no cell phones there were no there was no wi-fi there's yeah. none of this so <laughs> We'd literally, you know, when we get to Old Faithful, we'd have to run into the inn and find out what time the geyser prediction was and run back out to the group and, you know, plan everything out. You know, now we can kind of figure that out ahead of time yeah, before we get you, there. Now but, you check Old Faithful's Twitter. Right. And yeah. that's how you know. Right. <laughs> Talk about Yellowstone tour guides. What sets that apart from other outfits? Well, um, most of the companies um, are new. Um uh, Yellowstone Tour Guide started in 2001, and we're one of the 35 or 40 or so original companies uh, before they opened up the permits in 2013 or 14, whenever they did. Um, since they've opened up the permits, there are um, over 300 more new companies. Oh, my God. I didn't realize so there were that many. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, no wonder traffic's so bad. Right. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I don't know if it's them so much. I think it's just a combination. Sure. You know, there's a big increase in rental motorhomes since those days, too. So. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, it's a lot of new guides, a lot of new companies. Um, when the uh, uh, Before the permits opened up, we were pretty much exclusively the only company in Big Sky. Um, JD did – we were the only year-round one, I should say. Um, JD at Wild Trout Outfitters did some tours in the summer, but not the winter. And uh, Lone Mountain Ranch did some tours, but it was only for their guests only. So we were okay. pretty much the only ones. And, um, you know, now there's like six or seven companies in Big Sky. And so when they opened up the permits, we decided to diversify and do what the guides want to do. Uh, we added um, backpacking, which is something I've always done in the park. And um, photography for a guy, Dave Reeves, who's a professional photographer for Last 20 years in the big sky area. Hey, tell me about that. So you're taking other people who are photographers yeah, yeah. out mm -hmm. on guide trips? Yep. And he's doing photo workshops and whatnot. That's awesome. And Scott liked to do a lot of the day hiking and yeah, still do a lot of the traditional sightseeing trips. Okay. <coughs> and how how would I recognize your uh, vehicle in the park? Are, are you guys driving big, uh, you know, no, we're, giant um, vans? Small, small SUVs, Suburbans, Expeditions. Uh, we like the small groups. It's more personalized, personalized and um, we can pull off the road for wildlife sightings. We can make a U-turn if we need to, if we saw something and go back, which you can't necessarily do uh, with the bigger vans and buses. That's smart. And, you don't want to take and, the, uh, the whole cruise ship with you. Yeah, you know, we decided we just kind of want to keep it small. Um, we've got really experienced guides. Uh, Dave's been doing it 17 years. Scott, um, uh, 28 years, 29 now. Or, oh, my gosh. And I'm at 33 and... Um, Kaylee is kind of our new one. She's a, one of our backpacking guides. She's at three years. Um, but she's got a ton of experience. She also guides, uh, climbs on Mount Rainier part-time between backpacking in Yellowstone and <laughs> that's hardcore, right? <laughs> that's interesting. So you guys are sort of yeah. old hands right, at yeah. all this. Mm -hmm. I, that's who I would want to go on a guide trip with. Right. Yeah. It's, 
a lot of experience and you know we've tried to keep it small yeah um probably the biggest reason is you know employee housing is a huge issue oh right um, yeah we want to make sure the guides are paid enough to where they'll come back and you know to make a living and okay Tell me, uh, I have people who come out to visit and mm. they want to go see Yellowstone. Uh-huh. How do you maximize your clients' opportunities to see wildlife and sort of experience everything that Yellowstone has to offer? We, well, we talk to them ahead of time, see what they want to do, see where they want to focus. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of, lot of day, now things with, um, you know, all these new companies and Big Sky, one of the big things we've been doing is multi-day trips. And kind of helping people plan out their whole trip. And we're working our way around the whole ecosystem. So we're hitting the Beartooth, hitting the Tetons, you know, a few days in Yellowstone. And kind of making a big loop out of the area instead of backtracking, you know, a couple, 300 miles to the same location every okay. night. And so we're talking about multi-day, yeah. basically an entire mm-hmm. week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as they want. <laughs> sometimes two days, sometimes seven, yeah. ten. You just got to make them happy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you, do you have a personal favorite part of the park or feature uh the back country <laughs> okay but uh yeah it's um yeah the back country i'd say is probably my favorite it's, yeah when you're guiding or when you're ta- when you're by yourself either way okay yeah. mm-hmm. do you go a lot when you're not on the job at this point i do yeah okay yeah i've tried to get 100 miles backpacking in every year 100 oh, days skiing very so. nice yeah <laughs> that's pretty great um I, I'm sure you have seen some things. Mm-hmm. Can you give me like a great story that stands out oh, from the boy. park? Um, you know, the people watching is probably the best. And at this point, right? <laughs> a, you've seen all the elk, right? We're friends seen, with all that. Seen the so. elk, yeah. And now it's <laughs> just the the new people every time, right? Well, some of the things people do are kind of silly. It's. I think my favorite was watching this lady pick a flower and try to feed it to a bull elk and. <laughs> And she ended up with a face full of snot when he snorted at oh her. But, uh, <laughs> Do you intervene when you see people acting like they shouldn't? I used to, but yeah. now um, people are so belligerent and flippant that, um, you know, it starts a big scene. Right. So um, now my motto is, you know, we'd rather be a witness than a victim. Okay. And it's just better to videotape and hope you get some money off it. You know. I hear that. <laughs> Any close encounters you've had with wildlife um, yourself? You know, I'm pretty... Um, pretty in tune to them and um, kind of keep aware of my surroundings. I mean, I've had grizzly bears on my front porch at home and, you know, so it's always good to kind of peek out and, <laughs> and look, you know, moose walking out there a couple feet away and always assume something, always out there. assume something's <laughs> out there pretty much. Um, Dave, our guide, Dave made national news um, last summer when um, a trucker on 191 hit one, uh, hit a grizzly bear cub. And the trucker didn't realize what he hit, but walked to our place. He was getting a tour vehicle at the time and um, was trying to call for help. There's no cell phone signal there. And Dave was able to help him call for help and whatnot. And Dave's like, you want to ride back to the vehicle? It's only 100 yards away. And the guy's like, no, I'll walk. It'll be plenty of time before a tow truck gets here and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Dave drives back, and there's an angler sow grizzly there um, because he hit the cub. He didn't realize he hit the cub. and she was charging the tour vehicle and whatnot. So he whipped around and it's like, I can't let him walk into that. No way. <laughs> so he went and gave him a ride and, you know, turned the tour vehicle around so he could hop into the truck without, you know, touching the ground. So oh, told him to stay there. <laughs> very well. Great instincts <laughs> right? that Dave has there. Right. 
That's that's amazing. Well, that's because we've all been out there. And, yeah, you know, been in it. So, and it sounds like you have a tremendous respect for uh, the ecosystem and the wildlife. Yeah. Tell me about the time um, during the the floods um, when everything kind of washed away. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, we you know we expect something to happen every year, pretty much. Right. Fire, flood, government shutdown, <laughs> losing a permit because of presidential um, executive order or whatever. Um, the park wants to throw us our way. Um, you know, the floods didn't affect us as much on our side because it was the north and northeast entrance roads that washed out. Um, but we have a lot of friends at both of those sides of the park. So the first thing we did um, was put together a flood recovery package, which we ended up selling seven or eight of. And we literally picked people up in Bozeman, took them to Gardner. They spent a full day in Gardner, rafting, horseback riding, or whatever they wanted to do. Gardner was down 90, 95%. Wow. At the time, yeah. um, they were letting tours go through the north entrance, not the public. So we could get up into the park, and then we'd go um, tour the north side of the park. We'd go up as far as we could up Slough Creek, where the park made us turn around. Um, they're doing guided only between uh, Tower and Slough. Then we go back and stay in West Yellowstone a couple of days. Um, West was down to 40% uh, with the floods as well. And we stayed there a couple of days, tour the geyser basins and whatnot. Then we literally um, went from West one day over, hit the canyon, uh, Hayden Valley, over to Cody, did the museum a couple hours, then went over the Chief Joseph Highway to Cook City, who was really cut off. Okay. Um, you know, they, um, for through the end of July, they could, the only way in and out was through Cody. They couldn't get to Red Lodge or to the park. So they had three out of um, two out of three roads um, washed out on them. Uh, Montana got the road to Red Lodge open pretty quick. So we'd, um, we'd um, usually go horseback riding or something there and co or cook and then do the bear tooth highway. Once that opened, stay in Red Lodge and then work our way back to Bozeman and kind of gave all these towns a chance to get a little business. Yeah, you did. It sounds like you made the absolute most out of a really right, bad situation. Right. It, was, it was a fun trip too. So there's no traffic over there, and, you know, everything cut off and no people. So it's well, kind of getting those towns to ourselves. And Absolutely. And and now I hope the business is, is coming back in a big way. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty busy summer this summer. So, okay. And how about the winter? Are you going to continue doing tours over the winter? Uh, in the winter, we kind of kick it back the gear, kind of downshift a little bit. Um, we used to do snow coaches in the park. Um, that's a lot of work. It's really expensive. It's a three-month season. Yeah. A lot of things break down because you're doing using a lot of vehicles that are doing things they're not meant to do. Yeah. And um, so we found if we just kick back, do a few, you know, three, two, three-day wildlife trips on the north side and some bigger packages with some big groups that you know, do the seven-day, eight-day trip and have our partners in West Yellowstone help take them in on the snow coach for those days. We found... Um, you know, just doing that, um, we're not busy, busy like we are in the summer, but yeah. um, it's just enough to get by. We've also put together some big Sky Jackson Hole packages for some families where they'll ski big sky and then um, we'll get them snow coached across the park and then pick them up on the other side in Jackson and they'll ski Jackson a couple of days. So. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that yeah. package. Yeah, that's it's a fun one. That's <laughs> a good one for the wintertime. Are, uh, are you looking forward to hopping on the new tram in big sky? Um, yeah, yeah. It's, um, kind of partial to the old one, you know, it's uh -huh. smaller is better. It's always been in my mind, but yeah, I mean, we'll I'm sure you remember when the old one was going in. I do. Yeah, absolutely. How'd you feel about it then? Um, you know, I, I was 
great. It was something John Kircher had been talking about for years. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was glad to see it go in, you know, it's, it definitely changed the entire uh, mountain Yeah, from what it was. I mean, even Challenger, when it first went in, changed the entire mountain, you know, finally gave us some advanced terrain, which we didn't really have at all before. Um, Challenger, I'm still a little bitter about it, ruined the biggest powder stash on the mountain. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, when once the bowl tracked out a couple of days and, you, you know, people would migrate up the Burt Traverse and do all that terrain on Challenger. Hike up and over. Yeah, well, this is a pretty easy traverse, yeah. actually. It's going backwards, what it did back then. Okay. You'd head over toward Challenger instead of toward the triple, or toward the bowl. Yeah. Back then, the triple's gone, too, isn't it? But, um, you know, you'd have all that moon, midnight, moonlight, Bert, all that would be untracked. And not many people would go over there because you had to do that god-awful Bozeman Trail to get out. So. Uh-huh. But these days, it's super yeah. easy to... Yeah, now that... Now, tracks out pretty ski quick, it so. <laughs> <laughs> well I, i'm sorry uh, yeah, well, for yeah. your loss yeah, but right, also right. <laughs> that's all right but also i'm excited every time a new lift or a new right, yeah, uh, absolutely. tram goes new in, area so. or something so yeah we'll yeah, see how it changes points. the mountain more right um how can our listeners book a tour guide should they go ahead and do it if, if they're thinking about doing it in the summertime now or is um, it only you know for backpacking for i'd recommend doing it now okay. uh, before the mid-february uh the commercial outfitters we get a month head head start on the campsites before the public okay so we can get the best campsites that way that's nice and um yeah same with the summer the multi-days um booking those earlier uh, the hotel rates go up as the hotels fill. Gotcha. So the closer you get to summer, the they they're literally you know a couple hundred bucks right now. Next summer they'll probably be six hundred a night. So it makes a big difference. So get on it. Yeah, that's uh, right, folks. Don't sit around and wait. Uh, I would I would recommend maybe hitting one in the winter time and going ahead and getting in line for yeah a summer tour. Yeah, um, absolutely. Jim, thank you so much for being mm-hmm. here and, yeah, and let me ask you so many uh inane questions right. but it's really nice getting to know you and yeah, and uh you i hope you enjoy your ski season and oh absolutely and that you keep the the park full of people yeah little road trip to idaho coming up and should have that all right under the belt so. enjoy it thank you so much you thank all you right, we'll sign mm-hmm. off there all right sounds good explore big sky with Corey marmot wouldn't be possible without our sponsors if you would like our podcast Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Is that close enough? Uh, it's such into a the mic job. enough? No, that was great. Really close. There, sixty species of mammals. All right, maybe, species maybe we'll try this birds. tomorrow. This is not going well. Species.